Welcome to the Confessions of a Christian Single Woman community, where you will be empowered to propel in all aspects of your purpose and no sister is left behind. Sit back and relax, grab your journal and pen, pour you a cup of coffee or tea, and go on this journey to self-discovery and growth in the Lord. Well, hello, Purpose Propellers. We are back. (laughs) These weeks are going by fast, right? We are back. Monday is here, and I am so excited that you are tuning in today. And so we are still in our series entitled Navigating Singleness, Living This Season with Intention, where we're talking about the joys, challenges, and purpose of being single from a Christian perspective. So last week, we talked about alternative paths to love and recognizing that there are other ways that we can experience love in our life than just being in a relationship. I really enjoyed that episode, y'all, and being able to share a little bit of my story with you. And so today, I think it's going to be a good one. We are going to be talking about shifting your perspective. I told you, if you didn't want to hear about shifting your perspective, and if you didn't want to hear about self-love and self-care for for a season, this ain't the podcast for you. (laughs) Because this is everything, shifting our perspective, okay? So shifting our perspective involves consciously altering the way that we perceive and interpret different situations, uh, people, and events. And so it allows us to gain new insights. It allows us to challenge ingrained beliefs, and it allows us to cultivate a more empathetic approach to life and not just being so internal and singular and selfish, right? Now it causes us to be more empathetic towards others when we shift our perspective. And so shifting your perspective does also require self-awareness, which we've talked about before. It requires intentionality, which is what we're doing now, and an openness to continuous learning and growth. We've also talked about that, making sure that in this in this single season, we are always continuing to learn and to grow. So now, because we're single, we can be one track minded (laughs) and think that, you know, only how we believe, only how we think and only how we feel matters. Of course, this is a selfish mentality. All right. And it's extremely important that we consider other people and how they feel, think and how they are. Right. And so. I'm not saying that if something goes directly against the word of God, that you should just be understanding and go with it. Absolutely not. Okay. We already know as spirit filled believers, anything that goes against the word of God, we do not partake in. We do not do it. We do not deal with it. We can speak up against it. We can speak out against it. You know, of course, that's not going to be met with cheers <laughs> because people like to, you know, be in their mess. However, we can still be understanding, right? And we should still be in a state of learning from others. We can learn why people why people believe the way they believe, why people do what they do, things like that. Um, and in this particular state of, you know, being open, then the Lord will probably open up doors for you to be able to share your testimony or to be able to share a word from him with someone else. Right. But 
if we are closed off from even being open to these types of opportunities, then you can perceive people in a way that you shouldn't. You can be judgmental. You can operate in a spirit of dismissal, you know, dismissing how people feel and how they think. Um, And you won't have discernment for a particular situation. So shifting our perspective in this regards means shifting outside of what we know and believe and actually learning about others, learning what they know, what they believe and allowing Holy Spirit to work through us to speak to those things. Okay. So here's some ways that we can explore, um, shifting our perspective, right? So number one, openness to new ideas. Okay. We have to be open to new ideas. We have to embrace a mindset that welcomes new ideas and perspectives. Um, Be willing to question some of your own beliefs and hear other viewpoints, okay? This can be a little sticky, especially when it comes between the viewpoints of non-believers and viewpoints of believers, right? So we always want to make sure that our beliefs line up with the word of God, But there's nothing wrong with being willing to hear why somebody else believes the way that they believe. Because then in that, God could give you what to say to challenge that belief and then to challenge their belief and then cause them to now believe the way that you believe. That's what happens when we minister to sinners, right? We tell them why Jesus is the way, why, you know, we tell them how Jesus died on the cross for their sins and wants to live and dwell on the inside of them and wants to give them new life, right? And they might challenge that, but as we continue to talk about it, then all of a sudden their spirit may open up and now they have changed their perspective from theirs to yours, right? So it's the same thing. So be willing to hear other viewpoints. You don't necessarily have to agree. We got to, I want to be clear on that. You don't necessarily have to agree, but at least you have heard and you have possibly understood where the person comes from. A lot of times too, when discussions like these are happening, the person just wants to be heard. They don't want to be challenged all the time. They just want you to hear and understand what they're saying. And even if you don't understand, you could even say that and be like, okay, I hear what you're saying and I, and I can see why that makes sense to you. But for me, that does not make sense to me. And here's why. So I understand you and I understand where you're coming from, but here's why I don't see it in that way. Right. And you can have grown, mature, you know, discussions about that, even in even in Christian circles. I mean, you would think that as believers, we all believe the same thing. But I've come to learn and discover that we don't. There are the group of Christians that say we don't believe in engaging in any type of sexual activity before marriage because that's what the Bible says. But you have a group of Christians that say, God knows my heart. I can ask him for forgiveness. Jesus Christ died for all of my sins. There is no way in good conscience I can marry this person without testing the goods first. So I'm going to discount what the word says, even though I'm a believer and I'm a Christian and I'm going to do my own thing. And that's with anything. 
sex before marriage, drinking, going out and partying. Everybody has their own convictions about that, right? Even though we all may know what the word says, people still will either go along or do what their convictions says, go where their convictions lie, right? So you don't necessarily have to agree on everything, but some people just want you to hear them out. You know, you may have a sister who comes to you. You may be the type that says, I don't, I don't drink at all. And then you may have somebody else who's like, you know, well, I do drink because the Bible says you can just don't get drunk. Okay. Um, but I've been finding myself getting drunk a lot. I need help. Right. So now you, as the sister that doesn't drink, you won't be like, see, that's the reason why you shouldn't be drinking in the first place, because you can get caught up in that stuff and the drinking could get too good to you. And next thing you know, you in AA. No, (laughs) that's not how you want to come at your sister. You want to come at her with love and compassion and say, I'm so sorry you're going through that. And that this is, you know, something that has become a stronghold in your life. I'm here for you. I'm listening to you. How can I get you the resources to help you? What What do you need me to do to help you? And, you know, I will go ahead and I'll do some research. But for right now, let me pray with you and then we'll go. We'll do some research and I will help get you, you know, the help that you need so you can get through this. That's the openness to new ideas, being there, being a listening ear, even though you may not agree, be the listening ear that some people need. Everything does not need a debate. Okay. Especially in our Christian walk. I have been in some circles where people will want to debate you down about the Bible. The last guy that wanted to be in a relationship with me was like that. And he very much so was like, I will debate anybody up, down, in and out about the Bible. There is nothing about the Bible that nobody can tell me that I don't know because he went to Bible school. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not going to debate you about the Bible. It's it's just not going to happen. Okay. So, so, you know, if that's something that you like to do, by all means, there are people that are like, that are out there that like to debate that's a gifting. And there are some people like me who I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to stand firm in my convictions and I'm going to stand firm in what I know the scriptures say. And that's that. But even in the midst of people who want to debate you, they just want to be heard. So why not listen? You know, I've taken the approach for people who want to debate and just, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Huh? So how did you come up with that? And I just let them talk. Why? Because that's what they need to do. And so, you know, this openness of listening to people, trying to understand where they're coming from, you know, sharing your belief system and where you're coming from, this fosters personal growth. Okay. Because now the word, like the word of God says, we will be able to have an answer for the reason why we believe and do the things that we do. Right. So it expands your understanding of the world. It expands your understanding of how the world thinks, not so that we can go join them in that thinking, but so that we can take the way that they think and, and go in the scriptures and see, okay, but what does God think about this? And then next time somebody comes to me with this particular subject, I can listen to them, but then I can lovingly share the gospel of the Lord with them, right? And so 
doing this, being open in this way will allow you to see the world from outside of your own bubble, especially in the Christian world, because, you know, we have a whole lot of Christianese going on in the Christian world and we have our own language (laughs) in the Christian world. So trying to come outside of that into the secular into the secular world, us trying to bring all of our Christianese to them. That ain't going to work all the time. Now, I'm not saying to be like them. I know that there are some people who believe that um, the only way that I can reach the world is if I cuss like them. The only way that I can, as a believer, that I can reach the world is if I'm going out into the club with them to minister to them. That's not necessarily the case, right? So we still have to have discernment to know how God wants us to move in being open, but we need to make sure that we are in a place and in a space where we can meet people where they are while still giving them the adult, um, the unadulterated word of God, right? So we want to make sure that we are loving, that we are caring, and that we are putting ourselves out there to learn different viewpoints and different perspectives, and then also have enough word in us to be able to share from our perspective why we do and think the way that we believe. I think that's so important. And when I've been in discussions like that, it's been so eye-opening, like, oh, wow, yep, I can see exactly how you came up with that. I really can. Um, But have you thought about this? Or what do you think about this? You know, and when you have that type of a dialogue where that person recognizes that you're not trying to attack them, but that you are legitimately and genuinely trying to have a discussion about something that they're interested in that you may be opposed to, it just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. So number one, be open to new ideas. Okay. Number two, in shifting your perspective have empathy and understanding. Okay. So cultivate empathy by putting yourself in other shoes and seeking to understand their experiences, which I alluded to a little bit in the previous point, um, their experiences, their emotions, and their perspective. Okay. As we know, everyone is not the same person, right? We're all different. We all have different upbringings, different cultural backgrounds, different family statuses, et cetera. Okay. We can go on and on in that. Everything about us is different. So it would be foolish to assume that everyone is going to think the same way that you think (laughs) or feel the same, the way that feel the same way that you feel about things. So we have to build empathy with one another. You know, no one wants to be around someone who's a know-it-all, okay? Don't nobody want to be around anybody who's rude all the time. Nobody wants to be around anyone who's condescending when when they're trying to share their heart with someone and then someone is condescending to what they're talking about. Like, no one wants that. I know I don't want to be around that. So we have to make sure that we're not that way that we are cultivating a life of empathy and understanding for other people. And so um, I think that as women of God, we should always lead with compassion, right? Because this helps to bridge the gaps in understanding and it fosters connection with other people. And so let's see what the scripture says about this. So 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says, 
finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind, okay? So we need to make sure that we are operating in brotherly love, we are operating um, and dealing with people with a tender heart, and that we are humble when we are hearing things that completely go against our own beliefs. And when I say beliefs, not even just biblical beliefs, I'm talking about like your own values and morals and things. When people blatantly go against that, still have understanding for them, still have sympathy for or empathy for them, still, you know, be compassionate towards them. Um, because you don't, you never know how you doing that could sway them to your perspective. Um, I had a guy who was trying to talk to me and I told him my hard stop. I'm not doing, having nothing before marriage, no sex, no nothing that has to do with sexual activity before marriage. Okay. Um, and he was like, well, that's a deal breaker for me. I was like, okay, great. That's a deal breaker for me. <laughs> um, you know, cause I'm just, I said, I, I cannot go against God's word in that. I'm not going to go against his word in that. And then he tried to give me his justification on why, you know, it's important and how I'm not going to necessarily find anybody that's like that anymore in this day and age and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's great. I'm, you know, I understand that you feel that way, but this is how I feel. That goes against my personal morals and beliefs, and I'm not going to um, sway on that. So if we are just no longer going to continue to talk, I am completely okay with that. Within two weeks, he was coming back to me saying, I thought about what you said, and the way that I've been doing things hasn't been working, so maybe I should try your way of things. And I was like, hmm, interesting, right? And so, mind you, I never, we never got together or anything like that. But just the fact that the way that I dealt with him in that situation caused him to really go back and think about it and shifted his perspective. Now, I don't know if that perspective has, you know, permanently shifted, <laughs> but in that moment, he thought about things and it shifted his perspective. Why? Because I dealt with him with empathy and understanding, but I still stayed firm and flat-footed in my own beliefs, right? And so you have to do the same thing. Stand firm, stand flat-footed in your belief system and in your values, but also deal with other people with empathy and understanding, okay? So number three of shifting your perspective is Reflect on personal bias, okay? Reflect on personal bias. So it make sure that you're engaging in self-reflection to you know, uncover and acknowledge any of your own biases and prejudices. And I know, you know, we like, I don't have none. I'm not prejudiced. I'm not. Just take inventory, okay? <laughs> take inventory to make sure. So let's go over some definitions just to make sure that we're understanding the difference between a bias and the difference between prejudice, okay? So a bias is a personal and sometimes unreasoned, meaning that it's not founded on reasoning, judgment, okay? A bias is a personal and sometimes unreasoned judgment. 
The judgment that you make is not founded on any type of reasoning, okay? Prejudice is a preconceived judgment or opinion. So this means you form an opinion prior to actual knowledge or experience. So a bias, your judgment is not founded on any type of reasoning. And a prejudice is a preconceived judgment or opinion, meaning that you formed an opinion prior to actual knowledge or experience. Okay, so um, I'm gonna give some examples of each. Um, so let's talk about bias first. So for bias, I guess an example would be Imagine that a person who strongly believes that a particular political party is responsible for all of the societal problems, right? So whenever they encounter uh, things like news articles or social media posts or any type of, or they're partaking in any type of conversations, they might um, selectively pay attention to information that supports that one belief. Right. So uh, an example of that would be um, if any scandals happen. So like if a scandal involves a member of that particular party or if a negative story comes out about that particular party, then that's what they automatically believe. They're biased to that particular political party's information. So if they think that that political party is responsible for all societal problems, they're going to look for information to support that particular problem. Okay. So, but then with this particular bias, they'll overlook or dismiss any information that would challenge that particular belief, such as anything positive that that particular political party does or any other achievements that that political party makes. So they're biased and they're only looking for the bad. They say that this political party is responsible for all the bad things that happen in society and they're only looking for proof of that. They're not looking for the proof that could also um, disprove that. So it's not founded on reasoning. Reasoning would say, let me look at both sides to see if society is only impacted by this political party's uh, bad decisions. But a biased person will say, nope, I'm only looking for that. And because this is all I see, yep, they're responsible for it, <laughs> right? So, now let's talk about um, being prejudiced. And so being prejudiced would be, um, you know, consider a situation where a person holds prejudiced beliefs against a particular racial group, right? Such as believing that all members of that group are lazy or all members of that group are prone to criminal behavior. So as a result of this prejudice, they'll make negative assumptions about individuals from that group. And this is everybody in that group, right? So they'll do things like treat that, treat the whole group unfairly, deny the whole group um, opportunities solely based on their race. 
right? So under the context of prejudice, the people who are prejudiced against this race form an opinion um, prior to actual knowledge or experience, right? So they automatically assume when I look at this race of people, they are full of criminals, they are lazy, they don't contribute to society, I don't want anything to do with them. So we're gonna do everything we can to keep them from receiving all of the other opportunities that the rest of us in different racial groups receive, okay? So that's prejudice. So based on these two examples and based on these two definitions, we have to examine our own lives, sisters, and we have to have a time of introspection to see what are our biases and what are we prejudiced by? And so this introspection will allow you to challenge and reframe uh, your beliefs, right? Especially in consulting the word of God and making sure that your beliefs line up with his word. Do you see any biases in scripture? If you do, what are those biases and how are you incorporating those into your life? If you see any. If you see any prejudices, how are you going to navigate accordingly, right? We need to make sure, and I've always been saying that we need to make sure that our that we are looking and handling life through the lens of the Lord and not through uh, the lens of ourselves and the lens of how can we just do us. You know, and we want to make sure that in shifting our perspective, we are understanding what our own cultural biases are, what our own cultural prejudices are, and making sure that anything that we think and feel is lined up with the word of God. Amen. Okay. Number four of um, shifting your perspective is consider context and complexity. Consider context and complexity. So recognize that situations and people are multifaceted. I've already talked about how we're all different, right? We're multifaceted and we're influenced by various factors. So we're not a one size fits all type of people, okay? So we have to be more open to considering the broader context and cultural backgrounds and individual experiences when we are forming judgments or we or when we are interpreting the actions of others. Okay? Whew, there's a lot y'all. So how do we do this? There's a there's a couple of ways that we can um, make sure that we are opening up opening or being open, I guess I should say, to considering um, broader context and cultural backgrounds, okay? So number one, underneath this point is recognize the cultural context, right? So we have to recognize that um, cultural backgrounds will shape an individual's belief systems. It could shape their values. It could shape their behaviors. So we would have to consider how cultural norms and the traditions and the historical factors of a person uh, may influence their their, pers- 
their perspective or their actions. And so we have to avoid making assumptions about people based solely on your own cultural lens, right? So in order to do that, ask questions to understand. We can't automatically be like, oh, 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 no, oh, no, I would never do that. Well, okay, well, why does your culture do that? What does that signify for you guys? No, I may not partake in that myself, but I'm interested in learning why your culture does that and why is it so important to you? And then once you understand why it's important to them, then you can figure out how to navigate from there. Like what is the Lord showing you and how is he guiding you in that situation from there? What is he telling you in that situation once you gain that understanding, right? There's nothing wrong with asking questions, um, especially if the person is open to answering. When it comes to other cultures, I find that they're always interested in answering um, why their culture does things because they take pride in it, right? And so like they say about a car, dig underneath the hood for a little bit in order to figure out how the parts work, okay? And this is in um, friendship relationships and in romantic relationships, you know? Make sure that you are really understanding how a person's background could really affect how they believe, right? Okay, so another way that we can consider um, context and complexity is socioeconomic factors. Understanding the socioeconomic factors, such as the social class of the person, the income that they may have grown up with. You know, some people will tell you, I didn't grow up in a family that had money, right? So this is why I believe the, this is why I think the way I think about money. This is why I believe that, you know, I need to do things in this way in order to make sure I have money, right? So the socioeconomic factor, you know, consider their access to resources. Any of those things could greatly impact people's opportunities and their choices. So it's important to consider um, the potential influence of these factors when analyzing a situation regarding someone or analyzing the individual's behavior. We can't be so quick to just, I can't believe you did that. That don't make no sense. Uh, Sense would say that you would do it like X, Y, and Z. Okay, well, wait, 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 wait. Before you get on them about that, have you understood them and have you understood their socioeconomic factors, right? We have to always lead with love and grace when talking about these kinds of subjects because we are different people and we don't do the same things and we didn't grow up the same way. So we have to make sure that we are understanding um, who they are because you don't want to offend, because you want to learn. So even though, you know, we don't want to offend, we still want to educate where we can. So this is where it comes with the building up. And this is of, you know, friendship relationships and with and with men. Like build them up, friends and men, you know, build them up, engage with them, encourage them. Um, and be there for them and 
be mature in having these types of conversations and let them know I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to really learn. And let's have a discussion on why you feel this way or why your culture does things this way or why you are still operating this way, even though you may not be fully engrossed in the culture anymore. You know, there's always ways to have good conversation around these things. All right. And then the last one under cultural context is historical background. Consider the historical background and the events that have shaped a particular situation or shaped the experiences of the individual, right? Historical factors can have a long lasting effect on people um, and it can provide important context for understanding the current dynamics of the person. So this can happen in the get to know you stage of friendships and um, romantic relationships like understanding their history, where they came from, um, understanding, you know, their, their parental background, their sibling background, things like that, right? That could help you to really, like I said, get under the hood of the car and really learn who they are as a person. And so that will help you to frame how you respond to certain situations and certain things, right? So definitely make sure to take that into account, okay? So the next point, point number five, is to seek out different sources of information. And so seeking out a variety of sources for information, um, including diverse media outlets, okay? Because we know some media outlets only cater to one thing or another. So including diverse uh, media outlets, um, different books, watching documentaries, you know, and having conversations with people who hold different perspectives. This will allow you to broaden your knowledge and to challenge any type of biases that you may have, right? Because we want to make sure, again, that we want to look at any internal and external biases and prejudices that we may have when we're dealing with other people. And so if you are seeking out different sources of information, then that will help you to get different perspectives. All right. Okay, number six. Let me see if I can get through these a little quicker. So number six is embrace a growth mindset. I've already been talking about that, right? We have to have a growth mindset. Having a growth mindset will help us to view challenges and setbacks as opportunities for learning. Okay, and personal development. I'm all about personal development. I'm going to keep harping on that. All right. So embrace the idea that perspectives can evolve and change over time. Okay. Which will allow for continuous growth. And I see this a lot happening right now in Christian circles where things that we used to be taught all the time growing up. As we have become adults and we are developing in our own relationship with God and we are actually doing what the word says, which is reading the word <laughs> and rightly dividing the word of truth for ourselves, we're discovering that a lot of things that we were taught back in the day are not biblically accurate, right? I'm seeing that a lot nowadays where people are coming out and they're like, hey, I was taught that this scripture says this and it meant this. And actually, when I actually, you know, uh, 
performed exegesis and broke everything down and looked at the proper context and looked at what what was happening, looked at the historical context and what was happening back in the day. This is what this scripture actually means. And what we were taught was not accurate. Right. So we can only know that because we know that perspectives change and shift over time. Thought processes as you get older and and go through more life experiences change and shift over time. So we have to continue to have a growth mindset where we're like, I'm going to, um, I'm going to become more knowledgeable in this area. I'm going to, you know, talk to more people about this area and I'm going to be open for more growth in this area. And I think that when we do that, it will help to make us more well-rounded women, right? And then lastly, number seven is be grateful. Point seven is be grateful. Cultivate a mindset of gratitude, all right? It's so important when shifting your perspective to make sure that we are grateful about the positive aspects of our life and the contributions of others that they have made to our lives. And we can even be grateful for adverse experiences in our lives because as a result of those, we are now the people that we are today. And so this shift in perspective will promote positivity and it will enhance your overall well-being when you are when you shift your perspective to gratefulness. And being like, God, even though I don't understand everything that you're doing, I am grateful for what you are doing in my life. And I'm going to continue to be open. I'm going to continue to have empathy for others. I'm going to continue to get to know people on a level that you would have gotten to know them. And I'm going to make sure that I am compassionate as I am having, um, you know, deep discussions with people about controversial issues. I'm going to make sure that I lead with love and that I don't offend people to the best of my ability. And, you know, I'm just going to do things the way that Jesus would have done it. And when we're grateful like that, God can do all kinds of things in and through us. And so I pray that uh, these points help to shift your perspective a little bit, help you to learn how to be more open and receptive to the people that God may bring to your life. And so thank you for listening to the Confessions of a Christian Single Woman podcast. Remember, ladies, that God loves you immensely. There are no bounds or restrictions to his love. Always seek his face, hear his voice, and live his word out loud. If any of you have questions that you would like to hear addressed on the podcast, you can email me at diary at confessions of a Christian single woman.com. Or you can also follow the podcast Facebook page of the same name and you can DM me there and you can join the private confessions of a Christian single woman community to continue this discussion on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. We will meet live. Okay, you will see my face. I will see your face and we will chat about the episode. We will build one another up because this is a community of Christian single women who are trying to do life the Lord's way together. And so I hope I get a chance to meet you and see you in the group. Until next time, may the peace of the Lord go with you this week.